This is Building Resilience Podcast, episode 135, Lessons from the Northern Lights. Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast, where you will learn all about building resilience in yourself and helping others build it too. Drawing from the principles of positive psychology, neuroscience, and coaching, I will help you face all the challenges and adversities that life throws at you and help you do more than just survive. I will help you thrive. I am your host, Leah Davidson, and I am a certified life coach and speech language pathologist. I will help you manage your mind, your emotions, deal with your stress and your overwhelm, and lead a more purposeful and joyful life. Let's get started. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. And today I'm going to be talking about the Northern Lights. And I know it kind of seems random and out of season, considering you see them best in the dark, crisp winter night, far, far north. So it's kind of random and it's out of season, but hey, I'm going to do it anyways, because I thought of it because Rob and I celebrated our 15th wedding anniversary a few weeks back. And he came on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. So make sure you go back and listen to that. But we were actually married in Sweden, which is kind of a long story, but we got married on our own over there and then came home and had a family wedding with our children. And Rob, actually, he had won a trip to Sweden, all expenses paid, and we ended up using it as a destination wedding. So it was kind of cool. It was in a castle outside of Stockholm, in an apple orchard is where we were married. But while we were there, we talked to many Swedes and just told them how much we loved Sweden and thought it was so beautiful. And everybody always said, oh, you should really go to Norway then. So it was kind of funny. For our 10th wedding anniversary, we decided to go to Norway, except we went in winter. We had only every second March break with our kids. So it was an off year. We didn't have our kids. We were celebrating our 10th anniversary. And of course, in March, it is still the dead of winter. It's very, very cold. And there would be a good chance for us to see the Northern Lights. So we jumped on that opportunity. I thought we were crazy leaving Canada winter to vacation in Norway winter, but I have to say, I think it was actually one of my most favorite vacations ever. I probably say that about every vacation I go on, every trip I take, but honestly, the trip to Norway was pretty spectacular in the winter. I highly encourage it. We went to Tromsø, and that is the largest city in Northern Norway, and it's supposed to be one of the best places to see the Northern Lights. We were then going to be heading south to Trondheim on a ship that went along the Norwegian coast, which stopped at a whole bunch of different places. And we were going to get off for an overnight in Lofton Islands. We would then make our way to Oslo for a few days. That was what the plan was. When we arrived in Tromsø, we spent a few days there and I was desperate to see the Northern Lights. It was completely on my bucket list. And every night I kept checking, we would go out late at night and nothing. We ended up taking a tour that took us pretty close to the Finnish border to see if they were out. Now we saw them faintly there. And while it was still nice, I wasn't wowed like I thought I would be. But of course, we still had a great time. But I really, really wanted to see the light show that I saw in magazines and I heard about. We didn't end up seeing them in Tromsø, and then we had to leave on the boat. Now, these are not big, massive cruise ships. They are almost like ferries, and some are nicer than others. And when we got on the boat, we heard people talking about the spectacular Northern Lights show the night before 
in town in Tromso. And I couldn't believe it because I had like diligently been searching and waiting and nothing. I was really disappointed. So we ended up setting sail. The next day we got off the ship and we visited the Lofton Islands and we stayed in this adorable little fishing cabin. Amazing again. I was constantly checking for lights, nothing. And I was getting sadder and sadder because the further south you go, the less likely you are to see them. And then the next day we boarded another ship that would take us to Trondheim. Now, the cool thing about these boats is in your cabin, you can flip a switch where they will let you know on like a speaker with some soft music if the northern lights are spotted. So you flip the switch on, which tells them that you are wanting to have this music at all hours of the night if they spot the northern lights. And then you can go up on deck and you can see them. Now I was ready. I flipped the switch. So I was constantly listening. I had all my warm clothes. I was wearing them in the cabin. My camera was ready to go. My coat, my hat, just waiting for that music. And it was truly music to my ears when I heard it. I was so excited. We went out and we saw some faint lights in the distance and they were nice, but again, not as I expected. Now I was happy to see them and I kind of wondered, well, maybe it's just a lot of hype about like these spectacular shows of lights. We went back to our cabin. About half an hour later, I heard the music again. Now, it was freezing outside. And we had already been out to catch these faint lights. So we had just warmed up a little bit. I was almost tempted to say, forget it. Let's just stay in our teeny tiny warm cabin. Honestly, this particular ship was really old and nothing like a cruise ship that you would think of. But of course we went back up on deck and as we stepped out, we were wowed. There were green lights dancing everywhere in the sky. It looked like someone was doing a light show. It was amazing. It was freezing. We had to keep going back in to warm up quickly and then come back out. But every time we stepped back out, we were wowed and wowed over and over again. The hype is real. It is very, very cool. It's an all-time favorite memory. Now, at the same time that Rob and I were in Norway, my two boys were away with their dad. As I said, we rotate March breaks, and it was their year to be with him. And the boys always joke that they don't mind having parents who are divorced because they get two Christmases and two vacations. Their dad is just as into travel as Rob and me, so they get super spoiled travel-wise. And we always joke that we're trying to one-up each other. Gotta have some perks. It sucks for kids in most ways to have parents who are divorced, but the boys have lucked out with travel. Now for this March break, they were going on a trip to Greenland and Iceland. While we were both away, we were of course texting back and forth. And a topic of our texting was the Northern Lights because we were both checking with the weather conditions, how strong the northern lights were supposed to be in each area. There's different apps that you can follow, when to see them best, how to see them best, if we've seen them. And we were just asking, I was checking, you know, with Zach and Josh, have you guys seen them? No, have you guys seen them? After Rob and I saw them on our boat, we were thrilled, but the boys didn't have the same luck. The weather had not been cooperating, lots of cloud cover, which makes it really hard to see the lights, even if they are active. Now, in order to see the northern lights, you need really dark skies to be completely away from light pollution. You need no clouds, so you really want a clear sky so you can see the stars. And then, of course, the northern lights have to be active. 
these three conditions have to line up in order for you to see the incredible artistic display of Northern Lights dancing in the winter sky. However, I had also learned in my research and attempts to seeing them and talking to the experts, talking to the guide we had that one night, and of course, reading everything I could about upping my chance of seeing them. What I learned is that when there is very faint activity, they really just look like white streaks or faint clouds or even mist. You actually need to use a good camera lens to try to capture them because they're too faint for the naked eye. But with a good camera, you can actually capture them. And if they get stronger and stronger, they change colors. And that's when you can see them with your naked eye. And that was a spectacular show that we had. While we had seen this incredible show, the same night the boys were out looking, they were driving around with their dad trying to find them. Unfortunately, they couldn't see clear sky anywhere. So they certainly couldn't see the lights. Now, Zach is a photographer at heart. He loves to take photos. And at one point, they just stopped to get out and stretch. Their dad had rented a pretty cool truck. So Zach was messing around with his camera and messing around, taking pictures of the truck, just experimenting, looking at the different lighting to make the truck to see if how it would look good in different photos. And then he ended up texting me a picture. And in the picture, there was this faint swirl of green and purple, almost like a smudge on the photo. And he asked, do you think these are Northern Lights? And indeed, they were. But here's the thing. He could not see that faint smidge of green and purple with his naked eye. He didn't even see it through the camera lens. He had no idea until afterwards when he was flipping through his pictures and he saw in one of the photos, he had captured this smidge of purple and green. Now, from that experience, he learned that sometimes... He needed to stop and take the photo in order to see what is really there. It really does take a lot of patience and you can't rely on your naked eye when you're trying to find them. And this got me thinking a lot about life and faith and how symbolic the Northern Lights are. If you can't see the Northern Lights with your naked eye, are they still there? It sort of reminds me of that if a tree falls in the forest, does anybody hear? Because doesn't how you see things in life really just depend on the lens that you put on? Now, we've talked quite a bit here on the podcast about the different lens that you can wear. The state of your nervous system serves as a lens, whether you are on Team Hyper or Team Hypo or Team Resilient. Every team has a different physiology, a different pattern, a different perspective, thought, feeling, actions, mindset. The lens from which you view the world matters. So think about it. With the northern light, sometimes all you see is dark sky and you can mistake the white mist for clouds or fog or really nothing. But if you put on a different lens, you can actually see color. Or sometimes maybe we need someone to tell us how to change the lens or to tell us exactly what settings the camera should be on and even what to look for. Perhaps we just need the right environment and we have to get away from the light pollution and head to where there are clear skies because you can't see the lights in a storm or in clouds, even though they are still there. Now, sometimes a guide can teach you and some of the tricks they've learned over the years from their experience, and they can lead you to the right place and help you see the most colorful show. We need patience, but we still can learn from their experience. Now, the benefit of the boat is that they announced the Northern Lights when they were strong enough for us to see. 
We didn't have to be out looking all the time. We relied on their expertise and we had to trust that they knew what they were doing and would let us know where and when to check. Now, what are the things that we can learn from the Northern Lights? Well, the first lesson is know that not everything is visible to the naked eye. And I think this is such an important lesson. We think we can see it all. We think we know it all. But our naked eye is missing so many things. Our mind does not know the whole truth either. We take things at face value, but we do have blind spots. Some things that can't be seen from one viewpoint can be seen from another viewpoint. We need to know that there are things happening behind the scenes. Often things are not what they seem. I love the story about the horse and the farmer. I'm not sure if you've ever heard it, but I'll share it with you here. An old farmer lives on his farm with his teenage son. He also has a beautiful stallion that he lovingly cares for. The farmer enters his stallion into the annual county fair competition. His stallion wins first prize. The farmer's neighbors congratulate him on his great win. And he calmly says, who knows what is good and what is bad? Puzzled by this reaction, the neighbors go away. The next week, some thieves who heard about the stallion's increased value steal the horse. The neighbors come to commiserate with the farmer, and they find him again very calm and gathered, and he says, who knows what is good and what is bad. Now, several days later, the spirited stallion escapes from the thieves, finds his way back to the farm, bringing with him a few wild mares he has befriended along the way. To his neighbor's excited rounds of congratulations, the old farmer once again says, who knows what is good and what is bad? A few weeks later, the farmer's son is thrown off one of these new mares as he's trying to break it in, and his leg is fractured. As the neighbors gather to commiserate with the old farmer, he once again reminds them, who knows what is good and what is bad? The following week, the Imperial Army marches through the village, conscripting all eligible young men for war that has just broken out. The farmer's son is spared due to his fractured leg. The neighbors no longer bother to come to the old farmer to congratulate him. By now, they know what his response will be. Who knows what is good and what is bad? I love that story as it reminds me that often things are not what they seem. I can't always see things with my naked eye. I can take some things at face value, but I do also have blind spots. And some things will just not be able to be seen from one perspective. So just remember that. Lesson two, take the picture anyway. Sometimes it does not look like the Northern Lights are there, but we should take the picture anyway. Sometimes we're not sure what is there. We have no guarantees. We may be unsure of how things will turn out, but often we have nothing to lose. If you fail, you're not really failing. You're simply learning. So even if you can't see everything clearly, take the picture. Who knows what you'll see? Now, lesson three is change your lens. Sometimes all it takes is a different lens. Have you ever been so convinced about something and then someone introduces new information and everything shifts? 
And we've talked a little bit about this back on the episode about growth mindset, episode 20, and then about stress mindset, which is episode 25. And we've also talked about this in terms of the nervous system. Every state you are in, in your nervous system will have a different lens and you filter everything through the lens of your nervous system. Well, sometimes we need to change the lens. And if we change our nervous system state, our story will change. Or sometimes we can put on a specific lens. We can see things through a hero lens or a resilience lens or a choice lens, a gratitude lens. Change your lens and the whole world can look different. Change your lens and you might just be able to see the Northern Lights. Lesson four is seek advice, input, and wisdom. It was so helpful to be able to talk to people and be guided by people who are familiar with the telltale signs of the lights coming on. I appreciated the guides talking to us and taking us to where they felt we would have the best chance to see the Northern Lights. And I certainly appreciated the soft music that came from my teeny tiny cabin to let me know that the light show was on outside. Sometimes we do need to ask for help. And we need to be willing to ask for help and willing to learn. We need to be humble to take some suggestions. This does not mean all the time because we have to learn to trust ourselves too. But we benefit from learning. I personally like to do both. I love hearing other people's input, gaining from their wisdom, listening to their advice, and then deciding for myself. I can also pick and choose who I listen to, what their experience is, what their motivation is, what their relationship with me is. Many things determine who I will listen to, but I truly believe it can be so valuable to listen to others and evaluate for myself. So lesson four, seek advice, input, and wisdom. Now lesson five is move, do, chase. You can stay in one spot and hope the lights will come to you, but sometimes you have to chase them. Now, years ago, we went to South Africa with our family, and it was one of the most incredible trips we have ever been on. When you are on safaris, the rangers keep in contact with each other and will radio if they spot certain animals. There's two lions under a tree over here, a family of elephants over there. So we would just drive around to see them. But if there was a leopard, they would move so fast, it was a race to try to reach the spot and we would race. They would just tear across the fields and we would all be laughing and bumping along. And sometimes we'd arrive just in time to see whatever it is we were looking for, especially if it was a leopard. And sometimes we'd miss it until somebody would spot it again. And then we'd go racing and chasing after it again. And I kind of think life is like that. Sometimes we're going to be able to just arrive and find the lions, but other times we have to work to find the leopards. We will all miss them. We will all go on bumpy roads. We will all have to pivot and change directions and we'll all have to act and move and work. We have to chase our dreams hard. Now, lesson number six is believe. They are there even if you can't see them. My grandparents had a wonderful painting that was hanging in their home. It was a quote that was originally written on the walls of a Jewish concentration camp. And it was such an important quote for them that they made one for each of their children. And it actually hangs in my mom's home to this day. And here's the quote. I believe in the sun, even when it is not shining. I believe in love, even when I cannot feel it. I believe in God, even when he is silent. It's all about belief. Behind the cloud cover, 
the Northern Lights are there. I have loved watching the show Ted Lasso. Now, if you haven't seen it, it's basically a show about a soccer team in England and their management team includes their unique and positively kind coach, Ted. Now, he has a sign that says, Believe, that hangs over his office door. And there are many good speeches he gives about belief throughout the series. But one of the best ones he gives is after the team loses a big game. And this is what he says. You know what I want to mess with? the belief that I matter, regardless of what I do or don't achieve, or the belief that we all deserve to be loved, whether we've been hurt or maybe we've hurt someone else. Or what about the belief of hope? Yeah, that's what I want to mess with. Believing that things can get better, that I can get better, that we will all get better. To believe in yourself, to believe in one another, that's fundamental to being alive. If you can do that, if each of you can truly do that, Can't nobody rip that apart. Just believe. And you know what? Belief is simply a choice. My wish for us all, that we will be seeking our Northern Lights. We'll be patient if we don't see the lights with our naked eye, that we're wise enough to look through many different lenses and take the picture, even if we think nothing is there. I hope that we're wise enough to seek advice from others, to learn through other people's experience and learn from our own experiences too and seek out a guide that we can trust who can truly show us the ropes. I hope you always maintain your faith that the Northern Lights are there, even if you can't see them. You just may need to adjust your lens, shift your environment, or simply be patient in the timing of when they will appear to you and dance in the majestic skies. Incidentally, the boys did end up seeing the Northern Lights and it was spectacular. That's what I have for you today. Hope you have a wonderful week and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about managing stress, building resilience, and leading a more purposeful life, then make sure we're connected on Instagram and Facebook at Leah Davidson Life Coaching. You can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter at www.leahdavidsonlifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. Looking forward to connecting.